Meanwhile, I am getting my face farted on. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> is this a new, like the blood facials that people did for a while? Is this now a fart? I thing? don't know anything about that, but like, say more. I'm wrestling, you know, I'm playing with the boys <gasps> and, uh, they got me like on the couch, you know, p- kind of pinned down. They got you all right. The owner was like, I'm going to turn on you and like put his booty <laughs> on my face. <laughs> and opened fire. And so as I was working extremely hard to escape this situation, <laughs> the little one was just cackling with laughter, like gleeful laughter. And then I was like, this is part of what's wrong with our country, right? It's like this, it turned into a mob really fast <laughs> right here. God love it. Yeah, it's great. All it's right. Great. Well, this is pushing past polite, if anything. Mm-hmm where we talk about what matters and make the world more just. I'm Laura. And I'm Corey. We're so glad you're here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I missed you, Laura. I missed you, too. It's not fun. To, it's fun to be away, but it's not fun to be away when you don't have your, like, FaceTime with people you really like to check in on and know how their days are. Thanks for being at my, my text beck and call to be like, you will not believe this or remind me to tell you this when I get back. It, Where were you? What were you doing? We were in, on fall break, our school division adopted a week-long plus break, which was so cool. So we went to sunny Florida, where I don't love to give a lot of my tax dollars, but Disney, I feel like, is an exception. And yes, it uh, actually is. <laughs> it really, it legit is. Like, legit. And uh, yeah, so we stopped in South Carolina, had a couple of days at the beach to break up the drive, went to Universal for a day, Disney for a day. And then a SeaWorld-related park that lets you swim with dolphins and snorkel with, like, tropical fish. So cool. And then we broke up a trip back home with a hotel stay in a random South Carolina town. And now we're home. It looked like you all were having a great time. Yes. It was so good. It was wonderful, wonderful quality time. I still have more pictures to post, but this all was because my youngest has had a dream forever of swimming with dolphins. And so we made that happen for her. I have to say it was a little bit of a letdown in like in terms of expectations versus reality. Like it was, which is fine. I mean, that's how it is with kids, right? But she found out something else that she loved that she never would have discovered if we hadn't gone. She loves to snorkel. She picked it up faster Uh, than all the other kids. The kid was completely submerged the entire day. She loved that she could hear me and hear what was going on around her, but like completely be in her own world. Yeah. You know, tropical fish and just exploring and, Nobody could bother her. It was wonderful. Wow, so that's it was really so cool. Awesome. She got to bring her little snorkel home and she's going to practice in the bathtub. I am sure. Sure. It's cool. It's really cool. That's awesome. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, one of the things that has been heavy on my heart, and I know yours too, has been um, the conflict and the violence in the Middle East. In Gaza. Yes. Particularly poignant was riding the It's a Small World After All ride in Disney. And explaining to my kids the point of the ride was to talk about this unity and diversity, right? That there's, we all look a little different, our culture is different, but there's this unifying idea. And I come to the end and it's saying goodbye in all different languages, including Shalom. And I took a picture of it and I just cried. Um, because here I am with my kids in this very safe 
uh, bougie place as places go, right? A place that uh, is quite safe. And that's a luxury that's afforded to me that is not afforded to so many people around the globe right now. It's like even just the basic things, you know? Like I have cried probably every day for the past week. I just can't. And I'm not a crier. And I've been crying about this. Yeah. Like it's, um, I think it just has been wearing on my sense of humanity. Why are schools being bombed? Yeah. Why are hospitals, hospitals being bombed? Right. Like that's the part that is, is just really disorienting. And then also the propaganda, yeah. right? This idea of like whose story gets told and whose story gets elevated. And the politicization of all of it, yeah, where it's really about power and money and allegiance and alliance and not about what's right and what's humane and what is even like legal in terms of the world stage, right? There are all kinds of war crimes being committed and we're not holding people accountable for these war crimes against children and sick people and elderly people. And we're not talking about the trajectory of how this has happened. I don't know. It's, it's, it's breaking my heart is making me angry. And I feel like what's happening right now is just another microcosm of the mentality that is spreading all over the world, Hmm. right? It's like, if we can allow what's happening there to happen, then we will let anything happen to anybody anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and you bring up, okay, so there's lots, oh my gosh, there's so much here, right? So one thing is there's a lot of nuance that needs to be brought to any discussion of this part of the world. And I want to say that this is not a place where I have a ton of historical background or policy. We can post knowledge. links. I, I have yep. been, I have tons of links in lots of places where we can share. Yep. This is not going to be my piece to contribute. <laughs> um, I, it's not my strength. And I want to be very clear about that. But what I do see as, um, you know, my lane, like what I care about in this piece is, you know, what are the, what are the principles? What are the values? What are the underlying themes that we need to raise here? Right. So to your point, how if this can happen to this group of people, then it can happen to anyone. Same thing with Holocaust, right? Like this is how Holocausts happen. This is how genocides happen. This dehumanization, this othering. This is how it happens by, by telling one person's one side story by othering. Um, it paves the way for utter destruction. So that's like one thing I see as like really, really, really clearly. The other is the inability or the what I'm not hearing is from a lot of folks is teasing out the difference between a government and civilians, right? So because Hamas technically controlling the government and a terrorist group has done these things, that is separate from these babies. Right. And similarly, Israeli people in you know, and Jewish people in that nation may be supporting or not supporting the actions of their government. So we can't always equate those things. It's not a two sides, right? So like there needs to be nuance about that, that the Israeli government is taking actions against, unfortunately, civilians here, when in reality, the target needs to be Hamas. I recognize that's complicated, 
but we're punishing, to your point, these babies for crimes that are happening. Which is why there really just should be peace and a ceasefire, right? Because, like, we're not... This strategy is not... This strategy is not nuancing. This strategy is literally targeting innocent people. Decimating. Yes. Yeah, cutting off water, cutting off power, cutting off gasoline, and then saying evacuate. How do you do that? Right. Because it's an apartheid system. Right. I will say that is something that's been new to me. Like, I'm... I'm familiar with the concept of apartheid in the context of South Africa, right? Like, I know that historically, but I have never thought of Gaza as that. It, that's just not been part of my learning, mm-hmm. right? I know that the Palestinians are kind of are, are less powerful in this context, that the Israelis have the formal government. But that has been an aha moment for me mm-hmm. to think about how they operate in that space. Right. So I just want to raise that. Yeah, no, it's like an occupied land, right? Like Mm -hmm. they control the water, the food, the electricity. They have the Palestinian people have no rights, essentially. And the Israeli people have the rights and they kind of control all of the ins and the outs. There are spaces that um, if you are Palestinian, you're not allowed to go. There are streets you can't cross. Like there's just it's a two tier system that is very clear that you have all this small population of people has all of the rights and this larger population of people basically has none of the rights and we control all of the things that are happening here again we will post lots of links with other people talking about this with a lot more knowledge and much more poignantly but that's essentially part of the dynamic in that space mm-hmm. at the end of the day though civilians are paying the price yeah either way either side israeli palestinian civilians are paying the price for this so-called war whatever is happening here yes and it needs to stop like babies have been born into this for this is like their whole life that they've known is this occupation babies have are being born into what's happening right now in this space where it's they're in a hospital where you think that you're safe and you're absolutely 100% not safe. Yeah. And to me, like how there's such a cognitive dissonance between saying this, we're, we're trying to strike back at Hamas and yet we're targeting schools, schools and, and hospitals. hospitals. And it, it to me says it speaks to the duplicity here that says, no, this is genocide. Um, now, I pause and think back to what have the Israeli people experienced. And this goes to show you that like even people who have experienced racism, xenophobia, bigotry, all of this can also perpetrate it against others, right? The Jewish people have been historically marginalized, targeted, try they've I mean the Holocaust, my God. And and we're seeing rises even here in yes. the United States, right? We're seeing rises of xenophobia. We're seeing rises of uh anti-Muslim speaks like we're seeing yes. Islamophobia. We're seeing this 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 increase in targeted hate speak, I would say, because America is a place that is full of hate. It's just more targeted about who we're talking about we're hating. The othering is something we always have done. The othering is something that has always happened here, very intentionally, systematically. So now we're just identifying other groups or circling back. Yeah, yeah. Circling back. And in no in no uncertain terms, 
I condemn all of that, right? The same force, evil forces that are at work right now that are extinguishing the lives of these Palestinian babies are the same evil forces that were extinguishing the lives of precious Jewish people during the Holocaust. It's the same evil. And I just, uh, again, in terms of like raising like here are the themes that I'm seeing is like this importance of nuance of knowing that it's not just two sides, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. And so the strategy needs to match that complicated piece, not just this like big sledgehammer to the situation. Um, and the importance of knowing that like every life is precious and this is not civilian lives. This is not, I want, I want freedom and liberation for everyone, for Jewish people living around yeah. the world to not be in fear and for the Palestinians to not have this second tier existence that cuts them off from rights and resources. And I feel like that's what the narrative around free Palestine is, a, is about, right? It's like, it's about just creating that space of freedom, yeah. of liberation, period, right? It's like, reestablishing that space as a place where you can just be whoever you are because there was a period of time that that was the case for a very very right. long time prior to very israel's long t- occupation yes right exactly so it's like that idea of black lives matter right saying black lives matter does not infer that other lives do not matter mm-hmm. and saying free palestine does not infer that somebody else should be unfree or occupied or enslaved or oppressed. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like the statement of the liberation is about the liberation of all people. And that's where the nuance comes in because Hamas in their stated goals does not want Israel to exist. And that is not acceptable. Right. Right. And that's why there, there needs to be a pause because at the end of the day, Innocent people who are just going about their lives are paying the price. Absolutely. For these different contested viewpoints. Yes. And they're just trying to visit with their families and um, seek medical care and do whatever they're doing in their daily lives. They're just trying to live their lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's gruesome. It's horrible. And yet I feel some responsibility not to overwhelm my heart with it all. It's too much for anyone to bear. But I also like feel it's important to bear witness to what's happening and to stay informed about it. And then it's like, what do you do? What can you do? I know. A world away, what do I do? Yeah, but there are things. Yes, there are. <laughs> so let's talk about those things. What are some things we can do? Yeah, there are ways to donate and help in that respect. There are ways to put people in positions of power in our own government who will take a stand and speak up and make decisions that are much more about the people regardless of their location than it is about making money and you know just like self mm-hmm. oh wait we need a speaker to even run our freaking government can you believe this yes what a time so like voting is essential here voting 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 is essential here having people in the house of representatives and in the senate who actually represent you and not somebody who's just been there for a really long time and has just found their way into 50 years in the House or in Congress. And even if they, the person who is currently there has been there a long time or is not aligned with you naturally, making calls, writing emails, 
saying this is a priority to you to send humanitarian aid, to support a nuanced strategy. Those things are something we can do. Um, And while you may or may not think that your representative will align with you in that thinking, they pay attention and tally these things, the kind of calls that they that they get from constituents. So do that. That's a great point. Yes, that's huge. Voting, donating, communicating with your representatives because your representative may not be up for election in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, learning. So we'll we'll point to lots of places you can do some more learning on this topic. I am not one who has arrived. I am going to be joining you in that. Um, Agreed. Same. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And like as much as you can, don't look away because you can't unknow what you, what you see. And so even in my own social media feed, I have seen the different angles of the same story and who's prioritized as the victim and who isn't. Mm. And I've noticed that there is a slant toward our allies, right? And so it's like diversify your your sources of information so that you're getting a more full and complete picture because really these are people. And it, you know, if you just took one moment and thought about if we somehow ended up in a war uh, with Canada or Mexico over that land, that's right there at the edge. If we, if we thought that we wanted that piece of California back from Mexico and there became this full out battle over this space and we started pushing in and occupying and what their response might be. And somebody who lives in California might be like, wait a minute. I just live here. <laughs> right. Right. You know, why is all of this military activity happening in my neighborhood? I was just coming home from Stater Brothers, right? Why suddenly do I have no control over the food that I have access to? Because think about our supply relationship with Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. Why suddenly do I have no control over the food I have access to or the electricity I have access to or whatever it is? Think about the human response to that. The human response is... No person should have to live like that. Nobody on earth, no. period. And so it's like with bombs being dropped on schools and hospitals, I feel like some of the political pieces, we need to shift our mindset to remember the humanity part. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Another thing we can do is in consuming whatever media we're consuming, hopefully number one, diversifying it, but number two, remembering the human element thinking about these headlines in terms of what would that feel like to be there? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I heard, so I've been listening to a ton of commentary in terms of just trying to understand better. And the geographic isolation of the U.S. is something that is so uniquely privileged about where we are. We have mostly friendly relationships with our neighbors to the north and south. And that's it. And then oceans on either side. Yep. But it's so hard to imagine this idea of being completely surrounded by either friendly or unfriendly uh, neighbors. It's really wild. That's something, again, I never really thought about. Mm-hmm. But we do think about it, but we think about it within the context of our own political construct, right? We think about it in terms of conservatives and liberals are when our... Red states uh, and blue states? Red states and blue mm-hmm. states, right? We think about it in that respect. Are we in a place where the things that I need 
to happen can happen? Or will I have to go over here to this other state Mm. in order to allow me to have these privileges and access to these resources or, or whatever it is? So on some level, not the same, not to the same scale, but on some level, because of federalism. Do, yeah. Because of, fe- mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What other things? Don't be silent about it. Mm-hmm. Don't be quiet about it. <laughs> yeah. What are some ways? So it's like a informing yourself. That's important, but also talking to people about it, posting about it. You know, if you are finding, um, interesting pieces of information that you think other people could relate to or understand to connect them to that human aspect of what's happening there. Share those things. Like you don't have to pick a side, but what's happening there in terms of the humanitarian aspect is horrible and wrong. And if you believe that children should have an opportunity to see their future then the same kind of energy that the United States provided in the humanitarian crisis between Russia and Ukraine, we should be seeing that same kind of energy mm-hmm. around this crisis. Yeah. I also think checking in on the people in your life who have connections in this region of the world is really important. Um, <clears throat> your Jewish friends who live all over the world, not just there, um, but who may have relatives who live there who are feeling very threatened in terms of their existence. Your Muslim friends who... Yes, as well as your Muslim friends who live around the world who may feel like, okay, this is 9-11 all over again, or this is Afghanistan all over again. Your brown friends who people may perceive to be Arab in some way, and they have no sense of the the distinctions of identity from that region. And so they are targeted because of their perceived identity. Check on those friends. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I think that's really important um, because the right to exist is what people are feeling scared about right now. And understandably so. The other thing uh, that I've been learning about is just the population. You know, again, in America right now, we have uh, an aging population. So a very large percentage of our population living longer, right? In Palestine, in particular, the Palestinian people, 50% are children. And so when you think about what that means to harm civilians and the the percentage and who that impacts, that's really, really different and alarming to think about how that would impact uh, not only the now, but the future of them as a people. Um, So, And then that makes you think it's it is really genocide, right? Like having those data points and saying, but we're going to go ahead and continue with this behavior anyway. Mm. It's hard to think it's not. It's hard to think it's not. It's really hard to think it's not. Right. Um, thus, the speaking up and, and calling for ceasefire. And, uh, you know, again, th- thank God for diplomats, for people who have made it their career to understand the nuance and the relationships and the history and the policies in this region. Um, I'm not really a big praying person at this point in my life, but I'm going to be doing that and sending whatever energy I can into that space um, because this is. Something that this this kind of this conflict has been documented since scriptures, um, and it is so rife and complicated that uh, I think it's something we all need to put some energy behind. And it's complicated, and it's not right. It's mm. like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's complicated from a really privileged perspective because 
it's been stated out loud over time that this is what was going to happen and now it's happening. So like it's complicated in the sense that now that we're living through what was stated would take place, we now have to make decisions about how we're going to respond to this because like, oh, God, they're not actually going to do that because there's kids. It's 50 percent of the people there are children. And I agree with it's good that we have people, hopefully, who are using all of this uh, historical knowledge and insight and nuance to move toward a place that these things that seem complicated can just exist at the same time without war, Mm -hmm. without conflict. It's a yes and, right? It's a yes and. Like, yes, this is true. And we cannot hurt children. Yes. Right, right. Right. And it was like this at some point before where we weren't harming each other and we were occupying the same space. So we made it complicated. Right. <laughs> by deciding to escalate to, to escalate and who was an insider and who was an outsider and who belonged and who didn't belong. And we're going to put up walls and barriers and surveillance. And and like we've we made a decision to make it something else. But there is a historical period of time where we were all just living here together. Mm-hmm. And. You know, it's like, who decided? Did the people who were living there together decide that they didn't want to live there together anymore? Or did other people decide that? Mm. Right? It's like in the Jim Crow era in the United States, there were Black people and white people who were living together very comfortably and well. And then they weren't allowed to anymore. Powers that be influenced that with legislation. That's what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) We were good. Mm-hmm. Until y'all showed up. <laughs> Until y'all made it not good. <laughs> Until you all made it not good by creating these structures and these systems to other people, like we started out talking about, right? And marginalize and differ. And, you know, this side of the street is for certain people and that side of the street is for other people. Yeah, I think, again, for me, going back to this, getting more educated on this topic is going to be really important for my um sense of advocacy moving forward and being able to use my voice effectively. Yeah. But I also recognize that like me as American who does not have a framework for this isn't my voice adding to the fray in a way that's centering myself and my experience is not necessarily what's needed as much as pointing to others that really are well-versed in this space. Yeah. Children. Babies. I have talked a lot to my kids, well, particularly my oldest who brought it up, you know, up until this point, Last year, he was an elementary schooler, upper elementary schooler. And so it was up to me kind of what I brought to him and brought him into. And now that he's a middle schooler and interacting with kids that have phones on a regular basis, he knows a lot more and comes to me. And I'm so thankful he does come to me. I don't mind it at all. But when he says, can you tell me what's going on right now with Israel? Can you tell me what's going on with Hamas? What's going on with these hostages? What's going on? And um, so anyway, it's it's made his world a lot bigger. And so um, developmentally kids are wired towards black and white good and evil right and wrong and so this idea of yes and and nuance has been a really humbling thing to have to share and and again this is how the world is right it's it's not typically a very clear cut the clear cut things are you know lives are precious and that hurting children isn't unacceptable or hurting civilians bombing hospitals these things are unacceptable annihilating jews and saying they should not exist unacceptable Mm -hmm. 
but there's some nuance in gray that I need you to understand the yes and. And it's been a real hard road to walk, but also a privilege to kind of experience that with him. This construct of like, in our own country, right? I can literally every day, including Sunday, throw out the N-word and blah, 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 and then talk about Corey, uh, how great she is and how much I like to work with her and how she's totally different from the rest of this group Mm. that I'm talking about all sideways and from, you know what I'm saying? Like this person is a racist and they like you personally. Two things exist at the same time. Two things exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm trying to think of an example that I've, again, from a white frame of like what I have interacted with or experienced even in parenting or my daily life here. Or being a woman. (laughs) Yeah. Or like living in a larger body or like, oh, oh, this is one like I talk to my girls about sometimes where like, they'll be like, why are you putting on makeup? Like, well, I don't need to. And like, it's not because society tells me I need to. And yet I feel like society does tell me that I need to, (laughs) but I also feel my best when I, feel prepared and look my best to go out, right? Yeah. That kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, that's a little less powerful than your example. <laughs> but um, yeah. No, it, the, the point is that hard things, less hard things, two things can exist that yes. do not necessarily align. That's what cognitive dissonance is, right? It's like, how do these two things function at the same time? This is really fucking up. With, fucking up with yeah. <laughs> and, and holding tension, right? Holding space right. for tension. These two things exist. Yes. Beauty standards that we don't love and the fact that I like the way I, look I still have I feel lipstick on right now. Yes, I do. Right. Yes. Yes. And this person is not somebody I want to ever invite into my home and we can get along at work. And yeah, all those things. Exactly. All those things. Oh, friend, I um, appreciate the opportunity and space just to talk with you about it because I know it's been heavy on both of our hearts. So um, I'm sure for folks listening too. Please, if you have not already uh, followed us on socials, we don't say that as a way to capitalize on this really dark moment. Uh, this doesn't even need to be a follow thing if you don't want to, but we plan to post there some resources uh, for you to learn more, for you to get involved, for you to donate and hopefully make a difference in this space if that's something that's of interest to you. So that's the way to find it. I think that's a good way to wrap for now. What do you think? I would say so. All right. Thanks so much for joining us on Pushing Past Polite, where we talk about what matters and may hopefully make the world more just. I'm Laura. I'm Corey. See y'all next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Pushing Past Polite. We encourage you to go deeper in your trusted spaces or find new space for good conversation. You'll find content to help you get started on our social media channels. We're at Pushing Past Polite on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Pushing Past Polite is an independent podcast with Corey and Laura from Just Educators. Our cover art was designed by Rachel Welsh Daiga of Daiga Designs, and our audio is produced by Keith at Headset Media. Until next time, don't get stuck talking about the weather. Push past polite. See you next time.